Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. Hello, and welcome back to another mistyping episode. Today, we are talking about type three and type seven, what they have in common and what makes them different so that if you are deciding, am I a type three or a type seven, it can be very, very clear for you or as clear as possible. First, I think the most important thing in any mistyping situation is to remember to always focus on the motivators and the basic fears. The motivation for our type three is to be important and worthwhile. The motivation for type seven is to remain happy, satisfied, and fulfilled. I really love when I'm deciding between a type or another type to pit these against each other. So if you're like, would I rather be important or free? Would I rather be worthwhile or feel worthwhile or feel fulfilled? Then the basic fear for our type three is of not being worthwhile. So they have kind of this deep fear of like, what if I'm worthless? What if I end my life and I haven't done anything that made a difference? I haven't been worthwhile. And then for a type seven, at the end of the day, their fear is of being deprived or trapped in negative emotions. You know, sevens don't want to go without anything um, and they don't want to really sit in, in the darkness. They want to escape it. They want to get out of it as quick as possible. Type threes are driven by success. They have a desire to be seen as admirable and threes are more likely to follow kind of a single path to success. So threes tend to have a common experience in life, which is that they they work and they work and they work up, up, up. They're constantly driving and striving and growing in an upward trajectory. Sometimes those threes kind of end up, um, I have a type three in my life who calls it kind of the escalator to success, right? Like you're just kind of riding it. You get put on it, you're riding your path up to success, and you forget to ask if there was a better escalator for you. And so a lot of times there's threes who stay on that escalator forever. A lot of threes have a moment in their life where they recognize that their entire existence of of life has been around this path to success that they didn't necessarily choose for themselves. Rather, it was the path to success that was determined by their family, by their culture, by their careers, you know, what they thought was successful career, whatever it is, they're following this path up, 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 and forgetting to check in with themselves about whether or not this is something they really want. Now that is so different than our type sevens who are driven by maintaining their freedom and their happiness. Sevens tend to hop from experience to experience. They're less networky than our type threes are. They're less upward focused and more jack of all trades. So type sevens tend to have a lot of interest in a lot of things and they follow those impulses pretty quickly, right? Because their focus is on being satisfied. A lot of times sevens, they have this experience that they see all of the options in the world and they don't want to limit themselves. Like their biggest fear is ending life and being like, I didn't explore everything that I could have explored. And, and so that can be in contradiction to that upward path to success. 
Sevens actually are more inclined to hop from escalator to escalator, seeing themselves as kind of these autonomous entities that just kind of hop into things and hop out of them and hop in and out. They don't feel fixed or even like they have a direct path that they intend to take. More so, they want to spread their experiences wide. I see sevens are less networky than threes because, again, sevens tend to be a lot more independent, a lot more autonomous, a lot less community-oriented than our type threes tend to be. Threes are big networkers. They know who to connect to in order to move up the ranks. And so they're very good at noticing, oh, if I make a connection with this person, then they'll put me in this circle and that will move me upwards. Whereas type sevens tend to be like, well, what feels good to me right now? And what conversation feels good to me right now, when that conversation quits feeling good, the seven will leave. A few key traits to keep in mind is that type threes kind of have this ability to charm a room and they can kind of change kind of how they show up to match the tone of the room or the space that they are in. So this can look like walking in and kind of reading body language, reading, interpreting people and responding in a way that disarms people, makes them feel connected, and ultimately allows that three more success and better networking opportunities. A few key traits for our type seven is that they want to maintain options. They're very noncommittal. They have a lot of FOMO. They do not want to miss out on opportunities and options and things. And so it takes a long time for most sevens to commit to something. And once they do commit, they tend to go all in, but it takes some time to get there. So those are some just key differences, a few similarities for our three and our seven. Both are action-oriented types, so they're both quick to take action. They are both future-oriented types. They're both aware of where they're heading, what they're doing. These things look different, right? Type threes, they're thinking about their future in terms of what they can achieve, where they're going, how well they're going to do. A lot of threes have like a five-year, 10-year plan. Type sevens, they choose the future more as like an escape from current pain, Um, You know, what beautiful thing could happen down the road? Um, There's a very positive outlook on the future and there's less commitment to that. There's less like if I make a 10-year plan and I don't follow through with that 10-year plan, that's fine for most type sevens. For a type three, there can be a fear of failure if that 10-year plan does not come to fruition. So those are just some key differences to keep in mind, but I'm so excited because today I get to talk to both a type three and a type seven. Both of them are absolutely killing it in business and just driven, amazing leaders. And so they have a lot of similar interests in in careers, but you'll see a clear difference between the two of them. So I'm so excited to call Tyler and Keisha today. So first we're going to call up our type three, Tyler. So you guys, this guest, Tyler, actually don't have to call because we share an office. So I can just kind of look over at him and say, will you come talk to me on the internet for a minute? And I'll say, no. And then you just do it anyway. Just kidding. I said, of (laughs) course, I'd be happy to. Um, So Tyler is our resident three. And why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Okay. So my name's Tyler. Um... I live in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, with Sarah Jane Case. I have an online business where I do, where we teach uh, entrepreneurs how to use Instagram to market their businesses online. And I recently married my husband. Been together for eleven years. Now we're married, so that's fun and weird and cool. And I'm a three. Yeah, on the Instagram. And y'all, Tyler and I have been friends for thirteen. Thirteen years. Almost 14 years now. Yeah. We have done a million things together. Like, yes. he's like my ride or die. We've lived together. 
We've driven across the country together. Built a business together. Unbuilt a business Unbuilt. together. Yeah. Built separate businesses together. Oof. All the things. So many good things. Yeah. So Tyler, what is it about being a three that you most relate to? Like when you first heard the description, what were you like? Yep, there I am. Yeah, I think it was the under the, or the idea of like pursuing achievement, going after things, wanting to always be the first, the best, the fastest, the next. Like I really identified with that, and that's typically been my experience, like through high school and college, and then my career, and then entrepreneurship is always like striving to be the best and achieve at something. I'm going to ask you a hard question. Okay. What happens if you're not the best? That's interesting because even as I was saying that, like, I'm not always the best, you know, like there's been lots of instances where like I wasn't valedictorian in high school. I wasn't like top of my class in college, but at the same time, I still was like recognized in my own way for being the best. Like in college, like I wasn't the smartest person, but I got like graduate of the year. So like in my own way, I was the best, which is interesting. I think it's, I think when I'm not the best, I can get a little bit like lost or a little bit, I think a little bit like confused about my place in the world. And it definitely can impact my, my self-worth and like what I think of myself and my worthiness to exist as a human on this planet. But also that's the work of the Enneagram, right? Is like navigating through that and understanding why that feels the way it does and then evolving and growing in such a way. So when I'm not the best, like it isn't the end of the world Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make me hate myself. Yeah. Oh, I love your honesty. Like that's like one of my favorite things about our friendship, but like, I think that's a really big, like a healthy three thing to just be like, here's some of my vulnerabilities. Yeah. Look at them. <laughs> yeah. My vulnerabilities are better than your vulnerabilities. So look at, <laughs> look at these. Yeah. I wonder how many threes yeah. became more authentic when the hashtag authentic became a thing. Like right? when it yeah. became like the thing to be. Uh huh. Well, cause then you could like, then you could have like a, a way to understand how authentic you were being. You could like rate your authenticity oh <laughs> and you could gosh. be the most authentic, you know, like yeah. what can I share about that? That is interesting. I've never thought about that before, but I yeah. think there may be as a little bit of a culture, especially an Instagram culture, which you and I are so enmeshed mm-hmm. in, especially Instagram entrepreneurship, where maybe there is a little bit of this, like, how can I be more authentic than you? Yeah. And people like share their sob stories and all of that. Which you, that's not something like just so for the record, like Tyler's been authentic for as long as I've known him. Oh, but like, um, <laughs> but I think that that's an interesting, and I like the way you said it, like there's a way to rank it. And I think yeah. that I almost feel like when you said that there was like, when I was like, what happens when you're not the best? Um, and you started describing the feeling, what came to mind for me was like this feeling of like, well, why try? Like, why do? And I don't know if that's how you feel. And I'd love to hear you tell me how, if that's how you feel. I think I've probably felt like that before, like in the past. I think part of this work and like personal development and self-development is realizing that sometimes just like being committed to following through with the thing or doing the thing, even if you're not going to be the best at it, it is rewarding because then you're striving to be the best version of yourself. Even if you're not like the best version ranked in terms of your relation to other people, you are like you have that personal achievement and that the fact that you stayed in integrity with yourself and you've done it. And I think that can be really powerful, but also hard yeah. because there's like, cause there, cause in instances like that, there's the, like there is no external validation. Really the only validation you have is just the knowledge that you saw something through, but maybe that's, maybe that's the growth, right? Maybe that's mm-hmm. the work is just like 
the achievement of actually doing it, whether or not people see it or know it. Yeah. I mean, I think you touched on like incredible self-awareness there and the fact that like you are acknowledging that like you tend to seek for outside validation Mm -hmm. or like, you know, good jobs, but that you are like learning to get that from an internal resource. Yeah. Which, like, that's, like, huge for threes. Like, that's, like, mm-hmm. the work of, that's so much important work. Yeah. I just want to talk to you. I'm, like, <laughs> we'll just talk about you. <laughs> so, I want to hear a little bit, like, if I were, like, okay, Tyler, in your life, I know you're going to have incredible success. You're going to, like, reach the heights of possibility in your, like, personal financial goals. But it's going to, your freedom will be limited. But you then you have this other path where it's, like, you're kind of off the grid and no one really knows what you're doing or if it's happening. And there's maybe, maybe you're just like given a certain amount of money, you live off of it, but you have full freedom, you know, which would you have chosen? You know, I know you've done a lot of self-work, but like, which would you have chosen like traditionally? Uh, Traditionally, it would be like the path of achievement uh, Mm -hmm. with limited or reduced freedom Mm -hmm. would have been like the way I would have gone. The path of like being recognized and having, all the things, right? In the past few years, like that's kind of shifted and changed and grown for me. I think, I th- I think I've been able to find a way where both can exist, which is really cool. Tell me more about that. It's just the recognition for me. It was like finding it through entrepreneurship in particular, and really understanding that, like at the end of the day, I had choice when it came to how I wanted to spend my time and how I wanted to make my money and what was important to me and what I valued and uh, a lot of like unlearning my upbringing and like what I knew about success and money and freedom and happiness and all of that. And, and really understanding that both could coexist. Like I can have a life that allows me freedom in terms of time and where I spend my energy and what I do. Um, and also that allows me the professional and personal success that I want to achieve. So that's been really cool. Uh, I, there's still trade-offs though, right? Like there, you have to, you know, um, you have to get rid of your like sense of security or stability that you may have in a traditional job or things like that. So there's always trade-offs, but I've found that to, to work really well for me. I love that. And I, I'm curious, you know, a lot of times type threes have this experience and I, I'm like, I know you so well, so I know some of your experiences, but I would love to hear the inner experience for you on this of where like they get to a point in their career and they kind of stop. And usually they're in a corporate environment or some kind of environment like that. And they're rising up the ladder and they're getting promotions. And then they kind of look around and they're like, do I want all of this? Like, I'm just following the path that was the right path. Have you had an experience like that? And how did it feel? Yeah, literally my entire life. (laughs) Um, Yeah, being in it, you know, my before doing what I do now and having my own business, I was in the nonprofit world for a number of years. And uh, I did political and community organizing and and had a nonprofit career and all of those kind of the, I guess, probably seven or eight years of that. In all those scenarios, I was able to advance really quickly and get jobs that I wasn't qualified for. I didn't have the training or the education for, but because of my beingness, because of who I was and how I built relationships with other people, it was really easy for me to get to get these jobs. And um, I, they really, there, there came a moment in my nonprofit career in particular. I'd been in this organization for a number of years and I had started, you know, as an hourly part-time employee and within two years advanced myself to a district director overseeing like 40 employees and a budget of over $10 million and all this stuff and not wanting that, like I thought that's what I wanted. 
And then also more importantly, not having the training or resources I needed to be successful in that. And that was really interesting, right? Because it's this like this kind of tension of, well, I've achieved, but I don't have what I need to continue achieving in this place. So for me, it was kind of this realization of like, oh, I don't like this. Uh, I don't want it. Um, I don't really get it. I can do it, but I don't want to. So I took a demotion in the where I was working. I moved into from a director role to like a coordinator role or I think a manager role. So like came down and, and kind of my status in the organization. Kept my pay though. That was a non-negotiable. That's impressive. <laughs> yes. Um I moved to a completely different department doing completely different work and it was horrible. It was completely unfulfilling. So I did what any normal sane person does. I quit my job <laughs> and started my own business. But yeah, that, that was definitely part of it. And even like now in my business, you know, I've Sarah Jane and I, we quit our corporate jobs around the same time in 2016. So we've been doing the entrepreneurship thing for almost four years now. In this iteration, Sarah Jane did it before. Um, but we've been doing it together for this amount of time. And I there's been like so many lives mm-hmm. in both of our businesses. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like got really good at doing social media management and coaching and consulting that I didn't want to anymore. So then I created an online program. I've gotten really good at that. And now I'm looking for ways to transition and have a bigger impact and create something new. I think that's maybe something interesting that threes and sevens share. Yeah. Although sevens stress me out. <laughs> um, but I, I think there is something to like, Oh, like we don't have to keep doing the same thing over and over again forever. Like if this is no longer interesting or if we have fully achieved here or mm-hmm. If we feel like our skills are not being fully utilized here, we can transition to something else. And that's totally okay. Yes. I love that so much because I think that there is like this shared belief. And I think that's what makes us so easy to we get each other in so many business ways and in the sense of like things should evolve. Things should and can evolve. I'm curious, what about seven stresses you out? Not like on a personal level, but like what is different? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the... From my perspective, I see like from the seven, like the seven experiences, maybe there's not as much of a commitment to see something through all the way. And that just frustrates me. It stresses me <laughs> out. Like I, from my perspective, yeah. like, and, and the lens that I look at the world through is like, yeah, there's totally a time. There's a time and place for like doing something new, transitioning, stopping what's not serving you, trying something else. But I also think you really need to give everything a good old college try. Yeah. And. I think you need to be really committed to trying something. And then once you've tried it and seen it all the way through, if it still doesn't feel right or it's still not okay or it's still not where you want to be, then totally transition and do something else. But I think it's that like maybe different view of commitment. And I guess where a sevens may see commitment as like limiting freedom. Um, I see commitment as like a path to freedom because it allows you to actually figure out if the thing that you're trying to do is the right thing. Yeah. And I see it in business in particular is when, yeah. when I talk about that. I love that so much because I think I, you know, I see you in all of your many iterations. It's like the difference there is in preparation um, for those things and how you, like you think in advance, you know, and you're preparing for them. You're thinking through, okay, well, how will this go? How will this infect things? Do I need to give this a shot? Versus me in the past being very much like, oh, I'm done with that. I've already created a new business. (laughs) And I think you've actually helped me to think about, well, what if you just commit to this for a period of time and then see what can come out of it versus like just changing your mind when the feeling hits. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, 
I think that's great. I love that. So Taylor, I want to make sure I ask you um, this really important question. What do you see as your life's purpose? Uh, it's like a casual question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that I don't totally know what that what my life's purpose is. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone knows. I feel like you just kind of have to find it and like do things and see if like you uncover it. I think at this phase in life, it's uh, the purpose is in just like creating space and community for people where they feel seen, heard, and understood, and letting people know that like it's okay to be who you are as you are right now. Like you don't have to do anything differently. You don't have to be anything differently. That's what I'm feeling, feeling really inspired by. And like at this moment in life, and I guess when I look back on my life, like time and time again, that has been the thing that's brought me the most passion and what I want to bring to the world. So I think that may be it. Yeah. That kind of makes me feel emotional because I think immediately I think back to like over the last 13 years of our friendship and that's what I've felt is that like every iteration that I've been, you've ex- you welcomed that version of me in. Totally. And I've never felt like I go into your house and I feel more relaxed than like being in my own home. Because <laughs> it's just like everything's welcome here. Everything's fine. Yeah. That's really beautiful. So, Tyler, what does stress look like for you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, it's funny you ask because I'm currently in a season of stress <laughs> at the time of recording this podcast. I, I just I shut down. It's funny because as someone who like I would I would consider myself a high achiever like on paper I think I am like a high achiever right I have all the things that you would think oh yeah they've done all the stuff they've achieved they've achieved stuff I for someone like that I get very stressed out I get yeah. very overwhelmed and it just leads to shutdown into mm-hmm. hiding into uh, laziness into just like just not being able to function almost and yeah that's what happens when I'm stressed. Yeah. And that's where I am right now. And I don't like it. I just want to, well, which is funny because my, you know, my husband's a nine. You've, yeah. you've heard him before, right? They've heard yeah, him. Yeah, Eric is the nine and the two and nine mistype. That's Tyler's husband. So that's yes. really fun. So I like very, like I start to take on some of his traits, which works well for us as a couple. Cause then like we can both just sit on the couch and like do nothing and sloth around and all of that. But I think also like I get, I get sad because I'm like seeing myself not be the best version of myself. I, I don't think I've always been that way, but I think maybe that's a newer development, like some of this personal development. Like, oh, I'm noticing like, oh, right now I'm stressed, so therefore I'm overwhelmed, so therefore I'm shutting down, and therefore I'm like going into this mode of laziness and not doing anything, and I don't want to be that way. I'm not the best version of myself that way. Yeah. But then that just adds to the cycle of shame and pain yeah. <laughs> and all that too. Yeah, because my brain, I'm like, well, where's, like, where's the compassion for yourself in that? Oh, yeah, it's not there. Yeah. yeah. Because you would never yeah. talk to me like that. I know. Never. Yeah. And something else that, and this is why I love our friendship, mm-hmm. even just, you know, yesterday and, and you talking me through something, I get so caught up in like the overwhelm and the, the frustration with not being able to do that I can't even like consider or entertain alternative ways to achieve the thing I want to achieve because I feel like, well, on paper, this is the way it should be done and I should be able to do it this way. Yeah. And that's what I love about our friendship is you're like, oh, well, that doesn't work. Just try it this way, you know? <laughs> And even like yesterday and and the conversation Sarah Jane and I were having and you were like giving me all these ways to try this thing in a different way to accomplish the thing I need to accomplish. And I was like so hesitant to that. But then I just left and I I left our office and I like went and tried it. I was like, oh, yeah, that does work. Okay, I should try it that way. Um, But I feel like for me personally, like when I get into that stress, like it's almost like I put these blinders on and I'm closed off to any other option or or way to do the thing I need to do. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
And I think what's interesting is like the ideas that I was sharing with you were things based off of like my knowing of how you operate. And so, and I think what's hard about that is it's not a best practice. It's not like this is, if I, I feel like, do you think, you tell me, yeah. would it have been easier if I were like, oh, this business owner that we both respect has done it this way. Yeah. So maybe you should try that. Would that have been easier than like, this is the way that I think might work for you? Possibly. Yeah. I could have been like sold on the idea more quickly. But I think that like, yeah, I think that's yeah. an interesting idea to play with. Yeah. Um, well, what does rest look like for you? Oh, I love resting. I like, I'm obsessed with it. And I think that's also another part of this growth process is like, I'm really learning how other components of my personality that complement the Enneagram, like human design or Myers-Briggs or all these different things, like how they play into better understanding of myself. I think one area where I feel very evolved and developed versus a lot of other threes in my life, because we have a lot of three friends, because mm-hmm. uh, we're entrepreneurs and we got a lot of entrepreneur friends. True. Um, and I typically see a typical entrepreneur three is an overworker, a hustler, um, and uh, a hard worker to a fault. And then they use their platform and their voice and their existence kind of on social media or in their business or their power as like this entrepreneur to then kind of berate and shame other entrepreneurs into working mm-hmm. as hard as they do or hustling as hard as they do. Uh, and I think all that's BS. Like I'm just not here for it. So I love resting. I love not working. I think I'm in a phase in life now where I'm trying to to achieve as much in not working and just existing and building a home and relaxing and traveling as I am trying to achieve in my business and in my mm. professional life. I, I think maybe to even a point, which is funny now, just talking it through, like maybe to the point of like, I am trying to be like the best at <laughs> the best at resting, <laughs> the most achieved rester. Yeah. For me, it looks like disconnecting. It looks like being present with other people. It looks like traveling, uh, cooking, shopping, And just not being, like, being on, but in a different way. What does that mean? Like, when I'm working, it's very easy for me to turn off kind of the human side of me and go into work mode and focus mode. Uh, And emotions and, you know, all that gets in the way. It's also very easy for me to turn off work completely and to just get into a mode of being really present and connecting with other people. So, yeah. Yeah. I think think that's that's part of it. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, Well, Tyler... You are just one of my favorite humans on the planet. Thank you. Say it again. You're one of my favorite humans <laughs> on the planet. And um, it really means a lot that you're here. So thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I loved talking to Tyler today. Tyler is one of my dearest friends. We've been friends since, like we said, like before he was even in college. And I've just seen him grow and expand in all these incredible ways and become more um, himself as well over the years. And I, I just think he is incredible and beautiful and lovely. So I'm so glad you guys got to meet him. So that's our type three. I cannot wait to introduce you now to Keisha, who is our type seven. Hello. Hi, how's it going? It's going so well. How are you? Oh my gosh. So, so good. Um, I'm pumped that you're here. Me too. I'm really excited. This is going to be so fun. Awesome. I wish that people could even just see like the text that you sent me to confirm that I'm about to call because it is like the most seven. (laughs) I was like, I jumped on my trampoline. Let's go. (laughs) It was like, I just jumped on my trampoline. I'm ready. All caps. I loved it. Um, So Keisha, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself? What you do? Yeah, Yeah. 
for sure. Um, so my background is actually in IT project management, which was really wrong for an Enneagram 7. Uh, it was a very buttoned up corporate career path. And now I'm an entrepreneur who has an online health and wellness business and a podcast. And I live in downtown San Diego with my now fiance, Sina, and our little fluffy bear, um, our dog, Lizzie. And you guys just like recently got engaged. Yeah, we got engaged on the 4th of July, but we've been dating for 10 and a half years. So basically a third of my life. Yeah, I love that. And he's a three. He's an Enneagram three, which has honestly been learning more about Enneagram and kind of how to navigate our relationship. And as we're shooting for goals and, you know, going into our career path has been so powerful because I didn't realize how annoying some of his quirks were to me until I realized what his motivators were. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, you're just being a three. I get it now. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it's probably the case, like vice versa. Like just like the more we understand each other, the easier it is to be like, oh, that's why you're making different choices than I would make. I mean, one like quick example on that actually that might be powerful is I, you know, I'm a seven and he's a three. And when I was in a corporate job that I knew didn't feel right, I felt really stuck And I didn't want to be in that role anymore, so I quit. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a three, uh, he saw me moving up, you know, in this career path, and I was starting to make more income, and I was starting to see a lot of these external accolades and, you know, recognition for the career path that I was taking. But for me, it didn't matter because I just felt stuck, and I knew that it wasn't right in my gut. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just impromptu wanted to quit, and that was a really confusing time in our relationship because he really did not understand what would make me quit when I had all these things on paper that Mm -hmm. made sense to him. And he didn't understand that that actually just did not motivate me. And I didn't know how to articulate it. But now because of this and some of the research that we've done, you know, huge part to you and the content that you put out, I've dug into it so much more that it makes a lot of sense and it's helped so much. Oh, I love that. That's so, um, you know, like this is, this episode so much about like the mistyping between three and seven because so many people can see themselves in both. And I feel like that's such an astute difference. Like that's such a specific difference. Um, so I think that's really, really helpful. So, okay. So can you tell us a little bit about the elements of seven that you a hundred percent relate to? Oh boy. So <laughs> honestly, everything I, <laughs> I really, really connect to being very joy and fulfillment driven. And I think that um, as in like, I'm very focused on the process and making sure that the process is super fun and super fulfilling. I have lots of ideas. I don't have a difficult time starting anything, but I have a hard time when I get overwhelmed or feel like I'm stuck in order to like finish one thing when the next idea comes up that I think might be more fun, more fulfilling or more impactful. Mm. So Tina and I joke around about it and we call it like drunk squirrel um, (laughs) where like I'm so excited and I'm not, I don't feel anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm really excited and I'm very happy go lucky, but I can get in my head about what's the next best choice because a lot of them seem like it would be really great and I want to move on to the next thing and I'm not afraid to start. Mm -hmm. So that's very interesting because he is very goal-driven. So he's like, well, what, you know, well, what's the end goal? I'm like, well, this is the goal right now, but the goal could change. (laughs) 
Yeah, I love that. This is the goal right now, but the goal could change. I think that's such an incredible distinction between a seven and a three. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and good. I mean, I'm a little bit more like, you know, I, I like to try a lot of things. Um, for example, at a restaurant, Dina would want like the best thing on the menu, like what's in season, like what's like the cool like entree. And I want appetizers like a bunch of little bites of things because I don't want to pick one. And it's yeah. not because I'm not decisive because I am actually really decisive when I know what I want and I'll stick to it, which I, I could see that being a three characteristic, mm-hmm. but I just kind of think it will be more fun if I get to try more stuff. Yeah. Like if and like I, everything's and I don't available. Want to have FOMO of like his food. <laughs> I don't want to have big food or fat, you know, like he gets this meal and I'm like, no, I should have done that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel like you wish that like someone like you got to dinner and you're like, can you just order one thing? I'll order the other thing, and then we'll just split both. That, that's how we. That's how we've been together for ten and a half years. That's, <laughs> that's like that's so the success. The same thing. If appetizers or like small entree or like small bites aren't an option, you can't get the same thing as me because I might change my mind and I'm out. I might want part of your burger and be annoyed that I got a salad. <laughs> like that's how this relationship has succeeded yeah i'm like you just you just nailed it in one sentence <laughs> uh, so keisha when you walk into like a room of people and you know like okay this room of people they're gonna make a quick assumption about me do you have feelings about like what you hope that assumption would be yeah it's actually really interesting because i've done a lot of work around that because it's almost like a contradiction in my brain that I was working in uh, my background in IC project management and engineering recruiting. I actually left my last corporate job working at Google. And when you say that you work at Google or that you work in IT project management, like the assumptions that people make about working in that, you know, company or with that type of role often assume I'm smart. I work hard you know, whatever other assumptions that are sometimes correlated to that role. Mm -hmm. And when I moved into this entrepreneurship role, even though I was more fulfilled and I was having a lot more fun and I actually, you know, make more income and impacts than I made in that previous role, the assumptions made with that were, oh, it's light and it's, you know, oh, it's it's a cute little thing that she's doing, right? Mm. And so what was interesting about that is until I did a little bit of work around it in myself, I was wondering why it was bothering me that I wasn't taken seriously, yet I didn't care about the title at the same time. So it's kind of like, and maybe you have insight into that, because it's kind of like this contradiction where I want to be joyful and I want to be excited, but I also want to be taken seriously. Yeah. And that feels very conflictive internally, but Cena wants to be taken seriously. And that's so much more of an important characteristic for him than the process of getting towards there is. Mm. What's I love that you brought that up because actually this was a revolution for me in Enneagram training was that it's actually a trigger, a common trigger for sevens to not be taken seriously. And I think that's because there's often a distance, right, between the internal intellect that sevens have, like sevens are quick and smart and like head types, like highly intelligent, but we present very silly and playful. And so there's like this like competing dynamic happening within us. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so interesting, and when you know it and you can catch it, mm-hmm. it's just like once once you're aware of it, you notice it, and it, it starts to 
not be an actual issue anymore that I feel conflicted about. I just notice it more. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that's really weird. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I'm like so, so glad you said that. Because um, I think it's an important important piece of being a seven that we don't talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because a lot of times people will say to me that they wish they had my energy or more excitement. And I'm so grateful that I have those characteristics and that I have this like, very optimistic lens, but I think I also know the negatives of it, which Mm -hmm. is I don't like to go too dark. I Mm -hmm. really am uncomfortable with like really, really, really lows. So it's almost like I'm constantly reframing things, which seems so optimistic and it is, but the negative part is like, I'm extremely fearful of really, really dark times Mm -hmm. because I don't know how I'm going to manage it when I'm there. Mm -hmm. When you were younger and like have done less self-work, how Mm -hmm. did you handle that? Like, what was your mechanism? Yeah. So I focused more on the things that I was excited about. So I Mm -hmm. actually growing up, one of my parents was an addict. Mm -hmm. I just kind of decided that I would just become like the happiest person so that I wouldn't have to be like that. Mm -hmm. I associated almost like, oh, well if I'm happy and I'm excited and I'm building relationships and I'm loving hard on people, then I won't turn out the way that this person did. So I don't know how much of that is Enneagram related or how much of that is because of growing up living with someone who was struggling themselves that I created a lot of meetings that served me early on before I even really knew what that meant <laughs> like I would have yeah. that when I was young, but I created a lot of like, Oh, well, I can figure this out. I'm just going to be more resourceful. I'm just going to be happier so that I don't have to handle this. I'm just going to make more friends. I'm just going to do more activities. So I did a lot of things, which is where Mm -hmm. looking back at my childhood, I could also see, you know, maybe some of those things like where I wanted to achieve wasn't because I wanted to achieve like a three might want that achievement, but more so because it was fun to be having fun and kind of escaping what part Mm -hmm. of my reality was. Yeah. I think that like, I don't want to like say me too to like everything you're saying, but I relate a lot. I had an addict in my home as well. And it was my escape that like the thinking about the future, like planning for what I would do when I grew up, like all of that, um, finding reasons to not be in my home. Cause I had like activities I was filling my time with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like, I, I we need like a whole episode just talking about this. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting. Yeah. I, And it really correlates to everything that you do. And like, even the future mindset that I have now, like I'm such a dreamer. I have so many ideas and I'm like, I wonder how much of that was because of my upbringing or how much of that is just innate personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we could talk about this forever, but so I do want to ask you, one of the questions I asked Tyler, who's our three is if you were on the chopping block, like in court or something right now is like, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Would you rather have a multi-million dollar business, you're highly successful, well-regarded, like the go-to person in your industry, or we could say like, you're not going to have like a multi-million dollar business, but you will have ultimate freedom and options. And you'll never have to worry about if you can travel or what you experience in the world, which would you choose? Oh, options. (laughs) And the reason why this is funny too, because I thought of like, the other one, it sounded, it almost sounded more serious, but I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going to have to wear like a pencil skirt to that first one. Oh, like I will not wear a pencil skirt to that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So Keisha, what would you say is your life's purpose? 
I want to empower people with tools to help them become more self-aware and be more themselves. Mm. And I'm trying to figure out all of the avenues that I want to do that in, but I just think that I'm very myself. And I think that I have a gift of helping other people figure out who they are and show mm-hmm. up more authentically. Yeah. That sounds like a buzzword. I just, I think that's a gift. Yeah. I think that is a seven gift as well. Like just being able mm-hmm. to be whatever you are and being fine with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I also think I have appreciation for the other, like Enneagram has actually become part of a lot of my friendships where I love Enneagram jokes. I mean, you're, you're accountant in itself, but I love, I love people for who they are, where they're at. Mm-hmm. And I don't want them to be like me unless that's what, you know, unless we're similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I freaking love that. Keisha, what does stress look like for you? If I have to do something that I don't want to do. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. How does that and like look and feel? How does it feel? Yeah. It feels heavy and um, like I get anxious about it. I wouldn't say I have anxiety, but I, I feel like I want to shut down if it's not from an internal motivator that I have. Mm-hmm. So if I have to do something that I don't want to do, I try and reframe it in a way of like, how is this serving me or serving someone else so I can make it more enjoyable? But when I have to do something where I feel stuck, like I hate saying yes and hate is the actual word I want to use. (laughs) I hate when I say yes to something. And when the time comes, I'm like, why did I say yes to this? I just don't like, I really don't like committing to things that I don't think are going to be fun or enjoyable or impactful. I don't know. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't like feeling stuck is the, is the hardest part. That feels really stressful to me. If I feel stuck in a project or in any type of commitment that I've made Mm -hmm. that I no longer want to do. Yeah. I love that. Um, not that I love your stress, but I just like love (laughs) how honest you are. And finally, our last question is how do you relax? Like what does rest look like for you? Rest is being completely like unplugged from technology with people that make me laugh really hard Mm -hmm. that I feel really comfortable showing up at a hundred proof with. So not having to like tone down my personality at all and I just get to be really goofy and laugh really hard that's one half the other half and that's actually a small while I have a lot of a big group of friends and acquaintances too that's actually a small amount of people that I feel like I can talk about my crazy big dreams and I don't feel that I can be really really bold in my personality so either with those people laughing or uh, completely unplugged like with myself like mm-hmm. walking my dog around downtown San Diego or going on a hike or doing something physical with my body where I'm pushing myself, but I get to feel proud at the end of it. Yeah. Have you always been able to unplug like that? Or is that like a learned skill? I think it's learned um, because I have such a large team of women that I work with that in order for me to maintain my energy, I've kind of decided that in order for me to maintain my energy, I have to actually fill my cup first. So I have to schedule an unplug time mm-hmm. and do a lot of these things. Like I kind of put, like Cena says, um, when he asked my dad to marry me, he said that he was going to be the bumpers of my crazy bowling ball like lane for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, just to kind of help keep me, let me be me, but kind of help keep me organized. So I, I implement that structure into my life in weird ways, like scheduling times that it, it seems like it would be stressful for a seven to have a, a block that they have to do or have to not do something. But when I create it and I do it weekly, it helps me feel less anxious. So I have times that I'm actually not available no matter what. 
So that has really helped me kind of just manage my own energy flow to keep my energy a way that feels really good too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So for everyone who's like interested in you and drawn to your energy, where can they find you? Uh, my favorite platform is Instagram because I love video. <laughs> so at Keisha Fitzgerald Case, CIA Fitzgerald. And then I have a podcast called Empower Her Podcast, which you are on. And that yes. episode gets picked every day because people love it. Oh, so. yeah. I love that episode so much. Yeah. So you guys, it's Keisha Fitzgerald on Instagram and then the Empower Her Podcast. Go listen to our episode together. It's one of my faves. Yes. Thank you so much. This is so fun. Yes. I love this series. I can't wait to hear all of it. Yes. Thank you so much for coming. Isn't she so much fun? Like legitimately, I think she's one of the most fun people. Definitely go check out both Tyler and Keisha on Instagram. They are a blast to follow. They're both funny and interesting and inspiring in so many ways. So go check them out. I hope that this episode helped you to really distinguish the difference between a three and a seven and allowed you the space to um, reflect on yourself a little bit more, see what you see in yourself in each of those types. And I will see you guys in the next episode. In the meantime, if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please take just a second, go leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Those reviews, again, are like just so important to podcasters. It's like the only way that you can really support us in terms of gratitude, I guess. Um, It allows us to get our podcast out there to new people. So it means a lot when you do that. And so if you have a second, please, please, please take a minute and do that for me. It would mean a lot. And um, I will see you guys so, so soon in the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.